Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. Good morning. It is the 15th of July, 2022. I'm Chris Lynch, and this is the Cape League Roundup podcast. Let's deal with the first place teams in the West and East. One of them has been sinking recently, and one of them has been rising quite rapidly lately. Let's deal with the sinking team first, the Katuit Kettleers. They dropped another game yesterday, this one of the Orleans Firebirds, and they lost it 6 to nothing, with another two errors committed and all six of the runs coming in either the 8th or ninth inning. Their pitching was able to keep it close for most of the game. In fact, their starting pitcher who took the hill for the first uh, five and two-thirds innings, Ben Johnson from Georgia Southern, was fantastic. He threw five and two-thirds with a hit on a walk allowed and seven strikeouts gotten. It was beautifully handled by him. He really conducted himself extremely well on the hill and gave his team a great chance to win. The problem is that... Uh, they couldn't ever get any offense figured out, and Orleans really bullpened their way to a victory here. They gave Chris Clark uh, from Harvard a start. He went the first four innings. He gave up just one hit. He walked three. He struck out two. Uh, he did his job, and then from there, he just determined which of the pitchers who came out of the bullpen really pitched the best, and they ultimately gave it to the person who pitched the most, which ended up being uh, Josh Allen from Duke. He threw an inning and two-thirds, gave up one hit, no walks, no strikeouts, and of course, no runs. The offense for uh, Orleans, as I said earlier, it came all in the fifth and ninth innings, which is pretty fast for how you end up getting a scoring rally getting going late on in that game when you are just kind of expecting that this is going to not work itself out, but that is how it... Uh, that is how it goes. Three runs batted in for Luke Kieschel in this game, and two runs batted in by Garrett Guillemette from USC, who came on as a pinch hitter late in this game. He only had one at bat. He got a hit, and he drove in two runs, so I would say that that's rather um, good. Uh, Orleans looking pretty good lately. They are now at 12, 14, and 3. They sit in third place after two consecutive wins in the East, just three points behind Brewster, whom we are going to get to. Uh, meanwhile, Katuit, 15, 9, and 5. That still, still, just about barely, is first place in the West, but they're only up by one point, and they are 1, 7, and 2 in their last 10 games. And the only reason that they have not been jumped yet, very, very simply, they haven't been jumped yet because uh, they're because Hyannis lost a game yesterday. So that's the only reason why that hasn't changed yet, even though Hyannis is much better in their last 10, 4, 3, and 3 compared to 1, 7, and 2. Katuit is the coldest team in their last 10 games. They just haven't gotten anything to uh, to go their way lately. Meanwhile, the other first place team, the one out east, is doing things pretty correctly. The Whitey Red Sox are 4-2-4 four, and four in their last 10 games. They now have, by a fair distance, the best run differential in the league. They beat the Brewster Whitecaps 3 to nothing 
in a strange game that was played yesterday. Yes, I know. I've been saying for a good fair bit about the uh, about uh, the Brewster Whitecaps that they play in a lot of strange games, but they do. Uh, three nothing was the final. They end up only winning. Um, they end up only getting their runs in the third inning. Three of them come across in that frame, and it came about as follows. A Homer Bush single, a Fernando Gonzalez single on a hit and run, a walk, and uh, a sacrifice fly, then a Luke Schligger single, and a Braden Montgomery single. So that's kind of tough. Curtis Byrne hit a double in this game and couldn't get anything else going. The loss goes to Ryan Yer, who throws three innings, gives up five hits and three runs, all of them coming in that one bad uh, third inning. He walks two, he strikes out two, and he um, departs with the only runs given up in the game. The win goes to Aaron Calhoun from Oklahoma. And this game was weird because it was interrupted by a lightning delay. Yep, there was a, uh, there was, uh, if you are out in Wellfleet or Truro or uh, on the part that's uh, kind of closer up towards the bay, I'm sure that you are aware of this. There was a big old storm that came through that fortunately for most of the Cape happened to sit right over the bay, but Brewster's Field is close enough that we were, we, we only got a few showers on the field, but also we did get a couple of lightning strikes, and by rule, uh, if there's a visible lightning strike within six miles of your ballpark, you have to stop the game and you have to go into a lightning delay for minimum of 15 minutes while you just wait for the lightning to clear. So that's, that's what happened. We waited and uh, there was actually a lightning strike within four tenths of a mile of the field as uh, for how that worked out, which was rather uh, impressive. So we waited and eventually the game was resumed. Uh, it was a 47-minute delay, so only seven innings were allowed to be played, but not even with the game being that slow. It's just that there was a there's close to an hour's worth of game that was hewn right out of the middle of it, which you almost certainly could have made up the other two innings that you didn't get to play. But uh, the Whitey Red Sox win, and the Brewster Whitecaps have been a weird stretch lately. They had a chance to jump YD in the standings. They have fallen to six points back of the YD Red Sox. They are 2-3-5 and five in their last 10 games. This has been a not fruitful stretch for the Whitecaps. Uh, 89 runs allowed. That's still the second fewest in the league, second fewest behind YD, who have allowed 82. YD has also scored 116 runs. That is the most of any Eastern team. It would actually only, that run total run scored would actually only rank fourth in the east which i find to be kind of surprising but this is how that ends up working out and the whitey red sox four two and four in their last 10 games they've won their last two consecutive and they are gaining some real momentum they're six points up on the second place brewster whitecaps team and while katuit's fortunes are falling the others uh for yd are rising and katuit's ailing fortunes are only aided by the fact that Hyannis lost an eminently winnable game. 3-2 at home to the last place Falmouth Commodores. Uh, they, the uh, Harbor Hawks get one run each in the 5th and 8th. They take a 1-0 lead in the 5th 
to get some bit of their offense rolling. Rocco Pepe hit a home run, and everyone, I'm sure, at the field was thinking that they were going to be in cruise control and be okay. And then the sixth inning came around, and Drew Brutcher got a single to bring home one run, and Corey Collins had a sacrifice fly to bring home a second run to put the team ahead. They tack on one more insurance run in the seventh, which was actually an unearned run um, on a single by Josiah Cromwick. Andrew Pinckney moved up and came around to score. Pinckney had gotten on with an error, so his run is unearned all the way. The loss for Hyannis goes to Zachary Volker from Cal State Long Beach, and this is his first kind of really... It's not even that bad an outing. It's five innings, two runs, three hits, two walks, and three strikeouts is how that works itself out for him. He's got a 137 ERA. He hasn't gotten a decision that's a win. He's gotten two losses. For the most part, he handled himself pretty okay. The Falmouth pitching just did a really nice job. Drew Summers from Arizona started the game. He went the first four innings with three hits, a walk, and four strikeouts gotten. The win ends up going to the first guy who came on in relief, Luke Malone from University of Texas, San Antonio, UTSA. Uh, He throws two of the middle innings. He gives up one hit, one run, walks one, strikes out one. They give a save to Levi Wells from Texas State. He throws the last inning in two-thirds. He gives up one hit, strikes out three of the six batters that he faces. So Hyannis had a chance to climb back into it. They get one more run back in the bottom half of the eighth inning. Mike Sirota with a single to bring home Riku Nishida. So they have their chances. They very nearly come back in this one. Hyannis commits two errors, which cost them a run, and even just one point would have tied them with Katuit. Two points would have vaulted them into first place, so that's a lost opportunity from uh, from their perspective. Uh, let's move over to Bourne and Chatham, Durand Park, where the Bourne Braves play. Uh, saw a 6-2 victory in favor of the Bravos. They started their scoring extremely late, to say that all of their runs came across in the bottom half of the ninth inning, and also Tom Holliday, the manager of Chatham, was ejected during that bottom of the ninth inning, so, you know, all of this went extremely poorly. For Chatham, anyway, it went extremely well for Bourne, as you no doubt could tell. So, how did this game play out before the ninth inning? Well, Chatham got runs in the Fifth and eighth inning, it looked like they were going to be secured in their spots. Guy Garibay Jr. hit a home run, which is very nice. And Jake DeLeo hit a home run in this game. That's also very nice. They went up 2 to nothing and held that lead going into the ninth inning. And so everyone thought, okay, this is going to go great. And so Matt Shaw led off the bottom of the ninth inning for Bourne with a single. That's very good for Bourne, very bad for Chatham. Chris Brito with a flyout. Hey, look, an out. Uh, they then swapped pitchers for some reason. Uh, they brought on Matt, uh, they brought on Carlos Ray, and then uh, Evan Slight got on with a walk, which is rather not good. And then there was um, a couple of wild pitches that allowed people to move up, and then a Balk. Yep, you heard that correctly. It was called for a balk. Matt uh, on uh, Carlos Ray that allowed Matt Shaw to come in and score. That's really rough. 
they then had an offensive substitute for Evan Slight running at second base. Carson Jones eventually completes the walk. They bring in one more swapped pitcher, throw a wild pitch to tie the game. They intentionally walk Carson Rockefort to load the bases back up and have a force out somewhere, and it ends really quite terribly. Uh, the last batter of the game was left fielder Mac Horvath from North Carolina. He hits a walk-off grand slam to drive in the final four runs of the game and win it 6-2 to two for the Bravos. And Chatham just continues to disintegrate. The win ends up going to the last guy who saw innings for the Bravos, Nigel Belgrave from Maryland. Has made his eighth appearance. He's gotten his second win. He's got two wins and three saves. He's been very effective in his capacity. And uh, he did give up a run in this one. He was uh, one of the two pitchers who gave up a run. The first guy who saw relief action, Cade Grundy from Louisville, also gave up a run. But he was pitching at the time the game was won. So that's how that works itself out. Carlos Ray from Nova Southeastern gets the loss. He only faces two batters. He walks them both. Both of them come across uh, and score runs. And the guy who came in after him, LeBron Johnson from Texas, gave up a hit, gave up the grand slam, gave up a walk, struck one guy out. Um, That's really tough. And Chatham just continues to have a nightmarish season where up big, cost it, lost it. They've had a really brutal time of it across this season. So Chatham falls to 6, 16, and 7. They have 19 points. That's five fewer than what Falmouth has. That is um, eight points back of a playoff spot in the East. They are 2, 4, and 4 in their last 10. That's really tough. Uh, one final game to take a look at. The Harwich Mariners are doing very well lately. They beat the Wareham Gatemen 7-1, and they scored both early and often in regular intervals. There would be an inning in which Harwich would score, then there would be two innings in which they would not score, then they would score again, two innings no score, and then an inning in which they scored. One run in the first, three runs each in the fourth, and seventh, it's very regular intervals. Now, of course, Wareham just decided, well, what if we don't score until it's the ninth inning and we only get one run? So that's, um, they got six hits, all of them for singles. The third baseman from Nebraska, Max Anderson, got two of those hits, so that part's rather good. The rest of this is uh, not as fun. Uh, the offense was pretty plentiful. Nick Good on the other side, Nick Goodwin had two doubles uh, for now seven on Cape. Press Kavanaugh also got one, and the center fielder, Jonathan Santucci from Duke, got a double as well, got two hits, and drove in three runs for his part. Brock Wilkin drove in two runs, and also there was a home run hit in this game by their center fielder, Santucci. That's a very good day for the Duke man. He had a double and a homer and drove in three runs in this game. That went rather well. And Harwich did something you don't see a whole lot of. They gave their starter seven innings. Zane Probst from Seton Hall went seven innings with three hits, two walks, and six strikeouts. They gave their final couple of innings to Luke Banesh from Simsbury, Connecticut, from Lafayette. Throws the final two with three hits, a run, 
two walks and a K. The starter for Wareham gets the loss. He wasn't that bad. Jason Woodward from Florida Gulf Coast. He throws three and two thirds. The starter for Wareham, Jason Woodward, gets the loss. He's not that bad. He throws the first three and two thirds. Four runs, only three of them earned. Five hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. Uh, on a day in which your offense has given you nothing, anything is going to be a real problem. And you know, that's just kind of unfortunate for how it works out. Wareham is just two points up on Falmouth for the last playoff spot in the West. And Harwich is tied with Orleans point-wise, 27 points, but they are one game back in the win column and one game back in the loss column of Orleans. Orleans is 12-14-3. Harwich is 11-13-5. So presently, Orleans does have the tiebreaker, but Harwich is looking much better in uh, their recent stretch. They're 5-2-3 in their last 10 games. So they're playing a much better and much more consistent brand of baseball lately than what the uh, Orleans Firebirds have. So let's take a look at the games that are scheduled to take place today. So the Brewster Whitecaps will be hosting again. They'll be facing the Katuit Kettleers as Katuit tries to stop their skid, and the Whitecaps try and stop their kind of middling run lately. Uh, the Whitecaps will be sending Jackson Nezu, Nizu, I'm, I'm really un, unsure as to, I've heard many different ways as to how you actually pronounce his name. He's from Florida State. He's been, he's had one bad outing in his time so far on Cape. Against Chatham, he went only two innings. He gave up six hits and six runs. All six of them earned. I'm seeing too many sixes to feel that comfortable here. Um, he pitched three innings in a 4-4 tie against Chatham, which he gave up two hits, a walk, and struck out seven and looked really good. Uh, so that part went much better. He's pitched in two losses, one win, and uh, one tie. So they're hoping that they can get a bit more out of him. Katua doesn't have a probable listed. And worth noting about that Brewster game, Whitecaps are going to be hosting a uh, pregame naturalization ceremony at which a whole bunch of people, 27 of them to be exact, will be uh, becoming American citizens. So that's rather neat, and I don't think that's happened before um, on Cape, I think, probably. Um, next game is a 5 p.m. start at Spillane Field. I guess they're moving their times up because they're unsure about their light capabilities. So Wareham will be hosting the Hyannis Harbor Hawks as Hyannis tries to jump into first place. No probable listed for Hyannis. Timothy Manning will be going for the Gate Men. He'll be making his Cape League debut. Next up at 6, we've got Bourne and Falmouth. The Bravos will be throwing Anthony Arguelles from Virginia Tech. He's making his second appearance. He went three shutout innings at Katuit, so that's rather good. Three innings, one walk, and four strikeouts without a hit allowed. Definitely would take more of that. Falmouth will throw Chase Jeter uh, from Bryant now. He's been okay. He got his first loss of the summer, his last outing, in which he really wasn't the problem. He threw the first four innings of the game, gave up four hits, Two runs, only one of them earned. He walked two. He struck out one. Uh, Jeter's done his job for Falmouth. He's just you need to get a little bit of offensive support for him. Next up at 6.30, we have Orleans playing host to Harwich as we continue to jockey for positioning in the East. The Firebirds don't have a probable listed quite yet. The Mariners will be throwing Sean Sullivan from Wake Forest. Though that should go rather uh, well. 
Sullivan has been kind of up and down. He's gotten one win. He hasn't gotten a loss. He's got a 370 ADRA in five games. Three of them starts. 16 and two-thirds innings so far on Cape, and he's coming off of probably his toughest outing. He threw four innings at YD in what ended up being a 6-6 tie. He gave up five hits, two walks, six total runs, and only four of them earned. He uh, struck out three guys, I think I mentioned earlier, so uh, they're hoping for a cleaner performance out of him because he's given you good stuff in this uh, in this league so far as well. And one final game, the late one at 7 p.m., YD. First place in the East goes to play Chatham. YD will be throwing Grant Taylor from Washington State. No, not the Grant Taylor from Brewster who goes to LSU and was also just uh, hit, just hit his summer innings limit. Uh, Taylor is from Wazoo, so same. Con- uh, actually, no, not the same conference. They're in the Pac-10, and you know we're not into one giant super conference yet. Not yet, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, Taylor. As uh, coming off of his weakest outing of the season, he threw three and a third against Harwich in that 6-6 tie I mentioned previously. Six hits, two runs, both of them earned five strikeouts. And that's his weakest outing, and like that's not that bad. They're hoping for a little bit more than that out of him, though. Uh, ben Hampton will be taking the bump for Chatham, and he has been a breath of fresh air. There's a 1-4-5 ERA in five games and three starts has struck out 28 guys and walked three in 24 and two-thirds innings. And he's coming off his best outing on Cape. Six and a third, actually one of his two best outings. Six and a third, one run, five hits, one walk, and seven strikeouts. He's been fantastic his last couple of outings. And they're going to have to ask him to continue being outstanding if they are to get a win. That's it for this episode of the Cape League Roundup Podcast. I'm Chris Lynch. We hope you have enjoyed your time with us this morning. We hope you get out and enjoy some beautiful Cape League baseball.